morning, everyone. Welcome to the Fourth State Drive Time Podcast. This is your host, Marty Duran. This morning, I'm coming to you live from the upper room. It's just me and the Holy Spirit. We're not on I-40 or anything today. Uh, working from home today. So uh, good to have you with me. If you are a regular listener, I want to say a special thank you. And uh, ask if you would uh, head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and give a rating and a review to the fourth state that helps with search and uh, it helps give some legitimacy to this ongoing effort to bring you truth, justice. Oh, that's Superman. Never mind. To uh, bring you better facts because facts are uh, important. They do matter. And uh, so that's that's how this whole podcast got started in the first place. And there are a lot of back episodes. If you haven't caught them, you might want to do that at some point. As you're looking through your iTunes list, you can tell the drive time episodes from the long form podcasts two ways. First of all, the name is always going to have T4E drive time if it's a drive time podcast, but the length is always going to be longer uh, if it's a long form. So when you're looking at the minutes, it'll be anywhere from 20 to 45 or so uh, minutes. And so that's how you can tell the difference. And uh, if you haven't listened to all of the long forms, I would encourage you at your leisure to go back and do that. And uh, I think there's some good stuff in there. A few stories today of interest. Uh, Fox, uh, excuse me, this is NBC News uh, reporting military suicides. Most attempts come before soldiers ever see combat. This is a brand new report uh, of more than 163,000 men and women in the Army. And uh, the report found that 61% of those who had tried to take their own lives had not yet been deployed. Now, I'm not sure uh, what your pers- pers- perception was uh, of military suicide, but my perception was that this was something that plagued people who had come home from especially multiple deployments. So people who were struggling with PTSD, uh, people who had come home and could not find employment or they were having a hard time readjusting back into uh, post um deployment life uh, in one way or another, whether it's family or whether it's work or lack of work or whatnot. Uh, That was my perception. Uh, This study demonstrates that 61% or 6 out of 10 who tried to take their own lives in the Army had not even been deployed, which indicates that there's a huge uh, cost on the uh, personal transition side in leaving uh, your job and your family and um, the life as you know it in order to go into basic or go into preparatory uh, before you are deployed. Uh, The findings, I'm quoting now, the findings suggest it might be times of transition rather than the ongoing strain of combat and long deployments that stress veterans the most. Uh, Two months into first joining the service, soldiers are usually just finishing basic training, and that was the period of the highest risk. Uh, according to this study cited by NBC News. So um, pray for our uh, military, but especially in the time, it seems, uh, even before they're deployed, when they're just preparing. Uh, News from the Middle East this morning, several uh, stories that I want to bring to your attention, um, all related to warring uh, in Iraq and Syria. Uh, headline on Fox News, this is via the Associated Press, ISIS grabs territory from Syrian rebels near the Turkish border. Uh, 
Syrian activists say that the Islamic State group has seized at least six villages from Syrian rebels near the Turkish border. Uh, this is, of course, the ongoing issue in uh, the Middle East that ISIS is... Uh, uh, does not have a boundary that it is trying to, does not have a boundary that it is trying to defend and when it is squeezed in one place like an amoeba it can just pop up somewhere else so ISIS is under attack in Fallujah they are under attack uh, in Raqqa near Syria and so they just morph into another area and um, and take property there and lives and um, land so uh, ongoing, this is near the Turkish border. Red Owl's reporting um, on the, uh, hang on just a second, uh, also reporting that U.S. Special Forces have joined uh, in the battle f north of Raqqa. Uh, this is from, I believe this is this morning, uh, fighting with the Syrian Democratic Forces, or the SDF, which was formed in October of last year. Uh, there are there are pictures in this particular article of U.S. Special Forces uh, operators who are uh, in the rearward, it looks like, of this particular uh, effort backing the SDF, the Syrian Democratic Forces. Um, from the article, the Syrian Democratic Forces formed in October 2015 announced on May 24th its push for IS territory north of Raqqa City, which is around 90 kilometers south of the Syrian-Turkish border, home to an estimated 300,000 people. The SDF, again, Syrian Democratic Forces, is dominated by the Kurdish People's Protection Units, or the YPG, who, if I'm not mistaken, were at one time on our terrorism list, largely considered the most effective independent anti-IS force on the ground in Syria, uh, but it also includes Arab, Muslim, and Christian fighters. Uh, that's the end of the quote. Now, this goes to the complexity of the situation in, um, in the Middle East when there are, um, for instance, the Kurdish People's Protection Units have long been fighting against ISIS at a time when, and I'm pretty sure about this, uh, that the United States had designated them as a terrorist organization, and they certainly weren't looked upon favorably by the Turks. And yet they were uh, fighting the. If you can do some research on your own about the position of the Kurds across the Middle East in uh, Kurdistan and the multiple areas that they inhabit and their desire for uh, their own state or their own country to be defined outside of Turkey, Iraq, and Syria, uh, it's an interesting study. And these guys and gals, there are women who are involved in the Kurds' fighting units. Uh, are fierce, and they have seen a lot of success, and all they've ever asked for, really, from the United States is um, equipment. And they seem to be one of the few that we haven't lavished equipment on in the Middle East. But again, it goes to the complexity of the situation, where you've got all these different groups that are fighting in all these different ways, and larger governments who are uh, in somewhat using these folks as proxies are trying to figure out who to back, when to back them, and how much to back them with so that uh, ISIS doesn't come over and uh, overrun somewhere and steal a whole bunch of new equipment that we've just given to the latest uh, militia to form in the Middle East. Uh, fighting in Fallujah, again, this is from Rudow, uh, continues. Um, 
let's see, Iraqi security forces and allied militias fighting to liberate Fallujah from the Islamic State reported substantial advances on Wednesday, saying they had cleared ISIS from more than a dozen areas and operations in which 163 militants were killed. Uh, it goes on to say the joint forces, remember this is the Iraqi army, the Iraqi security forces, uh, and Shia and Sunni militia, some of which are from Iran, uh, are all fighting together, backed by coalition forces. The joint forces pushing toward Fallujah said that they were making good progress in the offensive, but reports said that at least 15 civilians and 35 Iraqi forces and militiamen were killed so far. Now, this was Wednesday. Today's Friday, so if uh, if they've continued the forward push, then, uh, then more people uh, are likely to have been killed. The article goes on. The Iraqi forces used a new military tactic for the first time, flooding the southern parts of Fallujah with water in order to clear them of landmines and bombs planted by ISIS. Uh, I'm not familiar with a lot of military tactics, but uh, my understanding is that flooding an area uh, has typically been the, uh, the tactic of an army in retreat. Uh, so they flood the area so that uh, the advancing army or the chasing army can't move as quickly. Uh, in this situation... The Iraqi forces used water to uh, either detonate or find or disable landmines and bombs, so it was an offensive use rather than a defensive use. He goes on to say the tactic helped open a large corridor for forces uh, and defeated ISIS frontline positions. Uh, now, this is just from a summary page at Runout. I'm going to read you a series of headlines uh, that are from Iraq. These are the top stories uh, on this particular website, and it gives you an idea of uh, of what's going on over there that uh, you're never going to get this kind of breadth of reporting on CNN or Fox or MSNBC or anybody else in the States because there's just too much other stuff uh, to talk about. Uh, but here's a series of headlines from Rudout in their Middle East Iraqi page. 82, this is from 20 hours ago, 82 civilians killed and wounded by random Shiite mortar shells on Fallujah. Okay, so these are civilians being accidentally killed by the good guys. 14 hours ago, Abadi asks protesters to stay home so security forces can focus on Fallujah. So uh, keep your protests to a minimum so we can concentrate on the war. 23 hours ago, UN envoy calls on Iraqi forces to respect human rights laws in Fallujah battle. So what's the use of liberating the city if the liberators are going to be just as problematic as the occupiers? Yesterday at 11 o'clock, Shiite militias say they're in no hurry for Fallujah town center. Yesterday at 11.26, UN urges Iraqi government to investigate use of force against protesters. Um, a picture, a pictorial series of Iraqi soldiers and Shiite militia, go, uh, militia uh, going toward Fallujah. Uh, and then yesterday at 8.30, Sistani warns Baghdad against escalating sectarian tensions in Fallujah. So this is long over, uh, long from over, and the concerns that some have had uh, about the reality on the ground of combining these uh, Sunni and Shia uh, militias, some of which are out of Iran, with Iraqi security forces and a Western-backed coalition, whether this was going to be able to hold together to accomplish the liberation of Fallujah uh, and a peaceful resettling of the city. And all of that remains to be seen. So I encourage you to, to keep up with that through Rudow. That's R-U-D-A-W dot net. 
Uh, you'll have to find the English part and then the Middle East, and it'll uh, lead you on to some stories. This is much closer to on the ground reporting from the area than the stuff that you're typically going to get uh, through uh, American-based or Western-based channels. This is Marty Duran, and thanks again for listening to the Fourth State Drive Time. If you'd like to advertise on the Fourth State Drive Time or the Fourth State Long Form, because you get both in the same package, just email me, Marty, at roundtablemediagroup.com. Or if you're a podcaster and you're uh, or a wannabe podcaster and you want some more information about the costs associated with Roundtable Media Group, I assure you they are not exorbitant. They are very reasonable. Uh, hit me up, same email address, marty at roundtablemediagroup.com. Uh, this is Memorial Day, so Memorial Day weekend, so I encourage you to spend a few moments uh, thinking through uh, especially the lives uh, of the people left behind by people who have died in combat uh, in American history, but especially recently, folks who were um, recently died in combat operations still going on, and their families that have been left behind. There will be wives and husbands and children and mothers and fathers, and uh, remember those folks in your prayers. The Fourth State Drive Time is brought to you uh, by Roundtable Media Group. This is Marty Durant, and as always, I hope you have a fantastic day.